0: And Thank God for the dry bones that, um, that the Lord makes to live, and He needs to breathe, but we need the breath of the Holy Ghost, amen, upon our lives today to give us life. Open your Bibles this morning, if you will, to the book of Ezekiel. Do you have your Bibles today? I got your Bibles this morning, all right? You need your sword today. And the book of Ezekiel, and I'm going to be going to chapter 22 this past week. As uh, I was reading the Word in the morning, we were down at the campground and uh, get up and, and make the coffee as I always do and get out and read the Scriptures outside but I was reading, and right now I'm reading through the book of Ezekiel. And uh, in chapter 22, the, the, a familiar passage I'm going to begin reading today but, and read to you. But the Lord just quickened some things to my heart as I was reading through this this week. And I just want to share these things with you this morning on this Father's Day. And uh, I'm going to begin reading with verse number 23 of Ezekiel chapter 22, verse number 23. Are you there? Say amen. amen. All right. It says this, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say to her, He's talking about the land of Judah, the city of Jerusalem, and he said, Say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor reigned upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests, the religious leaders, is who he's re- referring to here, their priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. Notice this, they have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. Isn't it amazing today how it's kind of that way, that there isn't any difference between cleanliness and uncleanliness, spiritually speaking. Everything's kindly all mixed together. And they have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Her princes, which the princes were the leaders of that day, which would have been the politicians. Don't, I'm not, don't worry, I'm not getting off on that. Her princes, in the midst thereof, are like wolves, ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls and to get dishonest gain. They were corrupt. And her prophets, the preachers, Boy, he's getting on everybody here, isn't he? And the prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God when the Lord has not spoken. We've got to be awful careful when we get up and say, Thus saith the Lord. We need to make sure it's the Lord. Amen? The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and the needy. Yea, they've oppressed the stranger wrongfully. Now notice verse 30. God says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. In other words, God's saying if I could have found somebody that would have stood in the gap, would have been a restorer, a reformer, an intercessor, the judgment or the destruction of the land could have possibly been averted. But he said, I sought for a man that should make up the hedge, stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But notice this, but I found none. Therefore, because he didn't find an intercessor, therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them, and have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. And I want to call your attention to that 30th verse, where God said, I've sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge, stand in the gap before me for the land. That I should not destroy it, but I found none. And I just want to talk to you for a few minutes on the on the thought of a good man is hard to find. On this Father's Day, I I, I want to just want you to focus in with me on that. A good man is hard to find. I believe we got some right here in this room this morning, though. Amen. Can you get him? Amen. Praise God. A good man is hard to find. Father, bless the preaching of Your Word today. Anoint me anoint these lips help me think through my mind help me to preach today in Jesus name and everybody said amen and amen this what we have just read to you was a message that Ezekiel had received from God to give to Israel to give to Judah and Jerusalem actually and it was not a pleasant message to give seems like that most all the messages that are preached today are are, um, are pleasing to the ear and pleasing to the palate, but um, this message that Ezekiel gave on this day that he had received from the Lord, it wasn't a sugar-coated message, but it was a strong word from the Lord. God's people, if you uh, know anything about the history that is going <clears throat> excuse me that is going on here in the ministry of Ezekiel who was a prophet of the those in captivity in Babylon and during this same time Jeremiah was the prophet there still in Jerusalem prophesying to the people of God there but it was a time that was very uh, it was a very bad time for God's people because God's people. The nation of Israel, Judah, had drifted from the Lord, and the Lord did not condone their lifestyle or what they were doing, but He spoke through the prophets to them and let them know that they, that He, God, was actually displeased with their life and with their lifestyle. We don't have much of that today, it seems like, and we'll get into that momentarily, but it it just appears today that that everything seems to be allowed or everything seems to be all right or everything seems to be okay that god's just pleased with everyone at all times no matter what they're doing but when we when we when we look at the word of god we find out that that's not the case that there are times and there are There are situations in people's lives that God can become displeased. Amen? And that's what was happening here. And so he was displeased with the people. And in that 26th verse, God talked about the priests. And he said, the priests have violated my law. They have profaned my holy things and have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy. And they have made known, nor have they made known the difference between the clean and the unclean. So the priests had violated the teachings of God. The, 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 those who were to be teaching the people of God the right from the wrong, they had violated those teachings. And they had come to the place where there was no difference. Just note they were not distinguishing any difference between Unclean and clean, or sin and ungodliness, holiness or unholiness. Everything was just all kind of lumped together, and it just didn't really matter what people were doing or how they were living. They had cast aside God's teachings uh, of separation from evil, and God had told His people in the Word, you know, in the law, that they were to be separate from the other nations and that they were to be different. Somebody says, well, that was under the law, Brother Rick, and that was in the Old Testament, but that same principle is carried over into the New Covenant as well. Because the Apostle Paul said concerning to the church at Corinth, he said, for Christians, for believers, are to come out from among the world and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. So there is to be a distinction and there is to be a difference in lifestyle um, from those who are children of God and those who are not children of God. Somebody said, well, you've said that before, and yeah, and I probably will say it again because it it just needs to be preached, amen, amen. There has to be a distinction, and what was happening here in in the lives of these people were that the priests had made no difference between right and wrong. You know, we're living in that day, Isaiah prophesied about it, in Isaiah 5 and 20, where he said, woe be to them that call evil good, and call good evil, that call light darkness and darkness light, that that substitute sweetness for bitter, and bitter for sweet. And you know what? We're living in that very day today that that which is evil is being called good, and that which is good is being called evil, and light is being called darkness, and darkness, light, and everything's just turned upside down in the world today. And that's what was going on in this particular situation here in Ezekiel. In verse 27, he talked about the politicians that they were like wolves. They were destroying people's lives for money and for dishonest gain. The popular preachers, the popular preachers of the day, which Jeremiah or Ezekiel were not a part of. There was a lot of prophets and popular preachers of the day that were prophesying against what Jeremiah and Ezekiel and the true prophets of God were prophesying. As a matter of fact, the false prophets outnumbered the true prophets. And I would say that's probably the same, the same that it is today. Can I get an amen? The false prophets were prophesying lies, and those were the popular preachers. those were the ones that were being adhered to, and those popular preachers were whitewashing everything. The King James says that they had that they had daubed that they had, the, the, um, they had daubed them with untempered mortar. And I, I, I think the ESV gives us a little clearer perspective there. The ESV says that her prophets have smeared whitewash on them, seeing false visions, and divining lies for them, saying, Thus saith the Lord, when the Lord has not spoken. So those popular preachers were whitewashing everything with false visions, saying that the things of the Lord, saying things that the Lord had not said. They were denigrating the true preachers and the prophets of the word of God of that day. And in the midst of all this evil, when you read this passage in this chapter and you see everything that's going on and the corruption that was in the land and how God's people had backslidden and God was about to bring judgment upon the land and and in the midst of all of the evil that was going on God said this he said I sought for a man among them in the midst of this corruption I sought for a man who would make up the hedge who would stand in the gap for the land that I should not destroy it but he said even though I sought for that man I could not find a man how sad of a statement is that how 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 that grips your heart god didn't want to send judgment but he needed somebody to stand in the gap he needed somebody to restore the breach. God sought for a man to stand up, to make up a wall, to build up the hedge, to stand in the gap, somebody to pray, somebody to intercede. He sought for a man to stand up for what was right, for what was holy, for what was godly, but in his search it said that he found no one. God could not find anyone who was able or who was willing to attempt a reformation. He couldn't find anybody that was willing to call a nation to prayer. There was no reformer. There was no intercessor. The hedge was down. The spiritual wall or hedge was down. And there was someone needed to stand in that gap, to build back up that wall of protection over the nation, to pray and to intercede for the condition and the situation that was in the, the land in that day and God said he couldn't find anyone I want to tell you something abundant life I think when you read this and through you know the last few weeks reading through these Old Testament prophets I see so many so many similarities between what happened to Israel and what we see happening in this nation today and I'm going to tell you this, I know this is not a popular thing to say, but just as God brought judgment after warning, after warning, after warning upon warning to his people, God finally brought judgment and just as he brought judgment upon them at that day he will bring judgment upon America in this day in which we live in. I believe God's still searching and he's still looking and he's still seeking and he's still trying to find somebody, a man, a woman, somebody that will stand up and stand in the gap and make up the hedge in America and in this nation today. Can I get an amen? I believe today that America is in the state that she is in and the condition that she is in because the church is in the state and the condition that it is in when we examine the state of the church we find we find uh, uh, we, we find men who are not stepping to the plate now I know this is a this is a father 's Day message and i 'm addressing the fathers i 'm addressing the men of this church but i 'm also addressing everybody so it's not just a male or a female thing it's not a gender thing this goes to everybody today who is here who was saved God is looking for somebody that will step up he's looking for believers to step to the plate and to fulfill their God given responsibility and I, I'm speaking to the men today of Abundant Life Family Church that it's time for us and I include myself in this as well it's time for for us men, the men of God, that he is that he is that he is calling us to step up to our responsibility and be the men of God that we need to be. Can I get an amen to it? That's what God is calling us to do. I remember back in the '60s, and uh, I, you know, there was a there was a television show. It was a game show that was on. Some of you will remember this, but there was a game show that was on that was entitled "To Tell the Truth." You remember that? I know Mark Denise does, and some of y'all. Um, to tell the truth, and in that particular game show, there were three people that that were that were on uh, that would come out, and all of them would um, would would introduce themselves by the same. name name in other words, if it was me, you know that that, that was out there um, as the real Ricky Hensley, there would be two imposters. There would be three people, and all would introduce themselves by the same name. But only one of those three was the actual was actually that person. And so there was a celebrity panel that uh, that were to ask questions and try to guess who the real who the real person was. And and they would ask a series of questions and, and try to get some answers and figure out which one was the real person. And at the end of that game show, you know, they would they would make their guesses and then you remember it would say, Would the real? Rick Hensley or whoever it may be. I wasn't ever on there by the way. Would the real? Terry Kavanaugh, would the real? You know, Jim, please stand up and the real one you know they tried to fake them out you know and they'd up and down but the real person would eventually stand up but you know what today we're living in a day in the midst of the darkness and the corruption that we see in the world that God is calling out to the men, to the women. He's calling out. He's looking for a few good men today who will stand up. He's looking for some godly men today who will stand up. He's looking for some people right here at Abundant Life Family Church that will stand up. What do you mean, Brother Rick? I mean, I'm talking about in the midst of the darkness and the ungodly and the corruption of this world. He's looking for some people that will stand up for biblical values, that will stand up for righteousness, that will stand up for clean, holy living, some people that will stand up for biblical, traditional biblical marriage, men men of God who are functioning as a man, taking the responsibility of a man, thinking like a man, acting like a man, working like a man, and who know they are a man. We're living in a day where where some men don't know what they are. Come on. But God said, I'm looking for a man that will stand up, that will be what I have called them to be. Come on, somebody. Amen. Stand up and be what we are to be. I thank God that we have some good men here at Abundant Life Family Church. You want to give our dads, our men, a hand today? I was was telling folks yesterday the first church that we pastored, we had two men in the church, and they didn't like one another. The first, <laughs> the first Sunday that we were there, uh, there was 13 people in attendance that Sunday, and uh, we only had two men, the, the rest of them were women. And um, the church did grow over over the span of time that we were there, but we never did get a very few had very few men in the church, and I had always you know I'd always thought and I'd always prayed God I I pray someday I'll get to pastor a church that has some good men in it. Nothing against the women, we love the women. Praise God, we're glad for the for the women folk. Amen. But but but. You know, we need, we need some men that will stand up and take the lead and, 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 and do what God has called them to do and be what God has called them to be. But we've got that here at Abundant Life Family Church. See, you're what God's looking for, and, and and you're what God is searching for. And you know, we can always use a few more good men, because a good man is hard to find. And that's what God was saying here in this text. I'm looking for a man. I'm seeking for a man. And I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking to you guys today. Here at Abundant Life, it's time for us men to stand up. Amen? Paul admonished those men in that Corinthian church to to be strong and to be men, to be like men. Amen? And, And that's what God is calling us today to do, is to be the men of God He's called us to be. Now, what kind of men, real quickly, what kind of men is God looking for today? When he said, I sought for a man, what's he looking for? Well, first of all, I believe that God, number one, needs some Christian men. He's looking for good Christian men. He needs men. Here's the men that God needs today. He needs some men whose lives have been touched and changed by the power of God. He needs some men today who have been saved and that have come to Jesus Christ and that have had their sins washed away by the blood of the Lamb. He needs some Christian men today that will give Christ preeminence and first place in their lives. Now, it's one thing for us to profess are to say that we are a Christian. It's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to actually live it out and to be a Christian. It seems like a lot of people today, just because they're Americans, think that that automatically makes them Christians. Or just because they're patriotic, that that makes them a Christian. I'm all about being patriotic, but there's a lot of patriotic people that don't know Jesus Christ and that are not true born-again Christians. God is looking for some men today that will be be men that are saved that are cleansed that are changed by the power of God and that will put Jesus Christ first and foremost in their lives hallelujah listen listen to me church do you know what America needs today what we really really need today do you know what every home needs today Do you know what every family needs today? Do you know what every child needs today? In that home, they need a man that is born again, that knows Jesus Christ, and that loves Jesus with all of their heart. Wives today, you know what wives need? You know what you wives need? You need husbands that will love you as Christ loved the church and will be the priest of that home and will lead that family in the ways of righteousness and in the ways of godliness. America today needs some dads and some men who will bring up their children in the fear and the admonition and the teaching and the discipline of the Lord and of the word of God. Hallelujah. God is looking for men who will stand up like Joshua stood up and who will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We We will be the men of God that he has called us to be. He's seeking for a man. Will you be that man today that will stand up for Jesus Christ? Come on and give God a praise. Hallelujah. God is searching. He's looking today. His eyes are going to and fro. He's looking for some saved men, some born again men, some men that are full of faith, men that are full of the Holy Spirit, men that are full of the word of God and the power of God. Listen to me God needs some men today who will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christian men that will walk in the spirit and live in the spirit that is what God is looking for but a good man is hard to find. Come on somebody I sought for a man he said but I found none and I believe the eyes of the Lord are going through this service at above At my family church today, and he's saying, Will you stand up and will you be a man and say, Here I am, Lord? Maybe I hadn't been fulfilling the position that I need to be in God, but today I will be the Christian man, the saved man, the born-again man that you desire for me to be. Amen. He's looking for you today. He's looking for you today. God needs Christian men. But secondly, God needs courageous men. Courageous men. Now, I don't know whether you know this or not. I'm sure you do. I preached on it. I preached, a, I preached from 2 Timothy 3 1 on Mother's Day. It was a little different Mother's Day sermon. But we are living, as the Scripture says, in perilous times. Paul said, In the last days, perilous times shall come. That's where we're at. We're in those perilous times. And as a believer, as a true Christian, let me tell you something. The true church... And the true believer are in the minority today. Number wise, we're in the minority. We're in the majority because we've got God on our side. But we're in the minority, and God is looking today for some men who will believe Him and follow Him when everyone else is going the other direction. And here's the way it is, ladies and gentlemen. There are two ways today. There's not, listen, there's there's only two ways, two paths. And everyone in this room is on one or the other. There's the, there's the, the broad way. Jesus said, that leads to destruction. And he said, there's many that are on that broad path. That's where the majority is. But then he said, there's a straight and a narrow way that leads to life everlasting. And few there be that find that path. We've always thought about those two ways as being side by side the broad way over here and the narrow way over here. But you know what? the way I picture this is that there's a, there's a broad way and the majority are traveling in one direction on that broad way and that broad path is leading to destruction. But right in the middle of that broad way is a center lane. Oh, come on, somebody. It's kind of a center lane that is, that is, that is running, uh, it's narrower, but it's running right in the middle of the Broadway. And there's a few folks on that that are going the opposite direction, the direction that leads to life everlasting. Now, there's the only two ways there are. And you're on one or the other. We're, we're either on the narrow way or we're on the Broadway. Amen. And so here we are on these on these two ways. And 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 it's going to take some courage. I'm talking about being a man of courage. I'm talking about being courageous. It's gonna take some fortitude, it's gonna take some boldness, it's gonna take some courage, it's gonna take some stamina today, all oh, some bravery, if you will, to take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the gospel of Jesus Christ in the the day and the hour in which we live because you and I are in the minority. We're on that narrow road where few are on it. But I'm telling you what, you gotta be courageous and make up your mind that you're not gonna follow the crowd, you're not gonna go that broad way. I don't care what anybody else does. I don't care whichever way anybody else goes. Today, courageous is what we're going to have to be. And in these last days, we're going to have to be courageous. When that early church was threatened in Acts chapter 4 and told not to preach the gospel anymore, Peter and John, the two main apostles, were taken and threatened commanded them, they commanded them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And they went right back to where the church was gathered together and had a prayer meeting. And they prayed for boldness. And what Peter and John said were the the prayer that's recorded in Acts chapter 4. They said, Lord, behold their threatenings. What they've threatened us with. The church is being threatened today. Wake up. Behold their threatenings and grant unto us that with all boldness we may speak the word of God. With all boldness, a courageous boldness that will stand up. And I've, listen, I've already said, I mentioned this in the prayer meeting one day. I got up the other morning, it was one day last week, And on my news feed, what popped up? The news was this. Another wave of coronavirus is coming. It's going to spike again. Expect more. Expect future lockdowns. You know what I said? No way, Jose. I ain't doing it. Ain't doing it. People have people to have their freedom to come or not to come, but by the help and the grace of God, I'm not succumbing to that anymore. Not doing it. What if they mandate it? Give us, that's what I'm saying. We need some men today and women that are courageous and that are bold and that will stand up for our rights. Hallelujah. And stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Facebook may just delete that. I don't know. Praise God, but they can't stop me from saying it. They may take it off my feed, but they can't stop me from saying it. We need some time. Is it? I got. We need some Joshua's and Caleb's. Amen. When um, you know Moses sent those twelve spies out to. Search out the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey that he had given them. He said, go spy out the land. And so those 12 spies went for 40 days. They searched the land. They came back after searching the land, seeing what it was like. They came back after 40 days with a huge cluster of grapes that was so big that they had to carry them between two men on a staff. I mean, that was the fruit of the land. And, and they came back and they said, Yeah, it was, it, it's, it's a land just like God said it was. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. But ten of those spies, you know the story. Ten of those spies came back with an evil report. And they said, Yeah, you know, that land is truly flows with milk and honey. This is the fruit of it. These grapes are big as softballs. Look at, look at this, man. They are huge. But nevertheless... They said the people that dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified. They're very large. And we saw the descendants of Anak there, which were the giants. So we're not able. Here was what the 10 said. We're not able to go up against this people for they're stronger than we. See, that's what what the enemy wants us to have a mindset of. We can't go up against the government or anybody else because they're stronger than what we are. The giants are in the land. They'll put a stop. And so they refused. They said, they're stronger, and we're not able to go up against this people. And they gave, the Bible said, a bad report of the land that they had spied out. They said, we saw giants there. We saw the descendants of Anak there. They they made us look like grasshoppers. We were grasshoppers in their sight. They were so huge of great stature and they discouraged that negative report of those 10, discouraged, discouraged the hearts of everybody else. They were ready to give up. That whole bunch was ready to quit. They began to complain. That discouragement spread like a virus. Amen, there's a worse virus than COVID, I can tell you that. And it's discouragement that people spread in the hearts and the lives of one another. Amen, that's what you get when you watch news all the time. Because they're instilling fear in your hearts. They're bringing discouragement into your life. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is what they ran into. The whole group was ready to go back to Egypt, but there were two men there, and this is what I'm talking about. Give us some men of courage. There were two men that stood out. Out of those 12, Joshua and Caleb went against the majority report. How many knows the majority report's not always the right one? Glory to God. I don't know, I'm getting any help here today. That's exactly what they were getting here. The Bible said that Joshua and Caleb went against the majority report, and the Bible says that Caleb, when they were in the midst of giving the negative report, that Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, no, 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 no. He said, let's go up at once and take possession for we are well able. Listen, see, here's the declaration of faith that the church needs today. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. It doesn't matter how the enemy has come against us. It doesn't matter how outnumbered we may be or the giants that are in the land or that we're in the minority. That does not matter for we are well able. This was what Caleb said. This was what Joshua said. Let us go up at once For we are well able to overcome the land. And the Bible says that Joshua and Caleb spoke to the congregation of the children of Israel and told them, said this, said, If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land will give us this land flowing with, with with milk and honey only do not rebel against the lord nor fear the people of the land for they are our bread their protections departed from them and the Lord is with us do not fear them hallelujah let me tell you something church don't let the potential difficulties blind you to the to the power of of God available to help you did you hear what I said don't let the potential difficulties blind you to the power of God that is available to help you and to bring you through don't look at the circumstances and let them uh, make you feel that God is not there for you God is on your side today and when we're facing a tough decision don't let the negatives cause you you to lose sight of the positives it's going to take courage in these last days to follow Jesus and to inherit the promised land that God has prepared for us in this evil day we live in God is looking right here today at Abundant Life Family Church for some men of courage that will stand up and will say we will not be defeated hallelujah Amen. He's looking for some Christian men. He's looking for some courageous men. And he's looking for some consecrated men. Consecrated men. What does it mean to be consecrated? I'm talking about a consecration to the Lord. To be consecrated means to be devoted and dedicated to the service and the worship of God. Let me say that again. Should I say it real slow? Consecrated. To be devoted and dedicated to the service and the worship of God. And let me add this continually. Not once in a great while, but every single day. God is looking for consecrated people. Daniel was one of those. They've been studying Daniel. And in adult, the adult Sunday school. But Daniel was one who went, he was carried into, I'm going to close with this, he was carried into Babylon, into captivity, when he was just a young man. Carried from Israel, from Judah, into Babylon. And from the very time, from the very moment, as a young man, he and his companions... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were also three consecrated young men who would not bow, chose to burn instead of bow. But when you refuse to bow and say, I'll burn, God will show up in your fiery furnace. I believe that. He was carried away to Babylon at a young age. Spent his life but there in Babylon. But God favored him and gave him favor, favor with Nebuchadnezzar, with Darius, with the rulers of Babylon. And here Daniel has been in Babylon all these years. And he's up around the age of 80 years old. And the Bible says, you all know the story, that, that the king, Darius, set up some presidents over the kingdom, three presidents over the kingdom, to, to handle the affairs of the kingdom of Babylon. And, and of these three, one of these three was Daniel, and he, get, he made Daniel the chief president. So that meant that Daniel, this man of God, this prophet of God, Daniel, was second in command under King Darius. That's the place of honor and power that he was. And these other presidents and the other princes became jealous because Darius had made Daniel. Given given him that place of authority. So they, they sought, the Bible said, to find something against him, an occasion against him. And what I love about Daniel, and here what we're talking about is God's looking for consecrated men. When they sought to find something against Daniel, do you know what they said? We can't find nothing wrong with him, he's flawless. The only thing that we'll be able to find against him will be as if we find it in relation to how he serves his God. What a testimony that is. And so they went, they concocted a plan, and they went to the king, and they went to Darius, and they said this. They said, hey, we've got an idea. They said, well, what's that? They said, we've got an idea. Let's make a decree. Here we go, passing more laws. Let's make a decree that for 30 days nobody can ask a petition from anyone, not any man or any God or anybody else for 30 days. Nobody can petition anybody except you, O King. You the man. You the guy. Because they knew. That Daniel was a man of prayer and consecration. Sounded pretty good to Darius, and he said, okay, well, we'll do that. Sounds good to me. And so he sealed it and they said, We want you to seal it with your seal. The seal of the Medes and the Persians that cannot, this law can't be changed. It can't be altered. It can't be forfeited. They said, okay, so he seals it. So the word gets out. The law has been passed. No prayer for 30 days. Can't pray to any God. Can't pray to any man. Can't pray at all for 30 days. And if anyone is caught praying, they'll be cast into the den of lions. The death penalty. wonder, I'm trying to quit, but I just wonder how many would stand still stand for Jesus if it meant the death penalty. I'm going to tell you something. After the rapture, which is just ahead, after the church is gone, that's what it will require. If you do not take the mark of the beast, you will... Lose your life. You'll worship the beast, the antichrist, and the system, and that world system, or you will be executed. I'm not trying to scare anybody. That's Bible prophecy. That is coming. And I'm telling you right now, just look. The things that we see happening in this nation today never thought we'd see taking place. It's, it's at our doorstep, ladies and gentlemen. But if the Lord should tarry his coming, if the Lord should tarry his coming, we're going to escape by rapture. We're going to escape the great tribulation. We're going to escape the, 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 the coming tribulation. We're going to escape the antichrist. But should the Lord... Terry his coming. We may not and probably will not escape persecution. God has not exempted his church from persecution. All who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And what's it going to come down to? When the church, and it's being persecuted in America today, there are still states that are, that are demanding the churches stay closed indefinitely. It's time to be courageous. It's time to be consecrated, it's time to rise up and say no, we've had enough we are going to serve the Lord and obey God God said I'm looking for a man looking for a man hallelujah it's nothing more than a persecution against our faith and against our church and against our first amendment rights So the death penalty, lions den. You're going to be dinner for the lion. But I love what the Bible says about Daniel. How consecrated he was. For it said when Daniel knew he'd got the word, he knew that the document had been signed. He knew that the law had been put into effect. He knew that for him to pray would be the death penalty. He's going to the lion's den if he gets caught. Maybe he needs to hide somewhere and pray. Maybe he shouldn't pray out in the open and offend those that would be offended by his praying. Oh, hallelujah. I could preach right there a little bit on offense, but I'm gonna move on because the hour's getting late. Maybe, maybe I just won't offend those who would be offended with my prayer life. But Daniel said, it said the scripture said that when Daniel knew that the document was signed, that he went up into his prayer room, into his prayer chamber, and his windows being open toward Jerusalem where everybody could see him. He got down on his knees and he knelt down on his knees three times a day like he did every other day. Now it's against the law but that law ain't going to change Daniel. He's consecrated. God's looking for a consecrated man and he kneels down and he lifts his hands toward heaven and he gives thanks to God and makes his petition every day three times a day just as he did before. I'm telling you, it's coming. To that we need a consecration to the Lord. Consecration to the Lord. He made his prayer. Sure enough, those dudes that, that was looking to nail him, they seen him, they said, see, we knew it. They ran right to the king and reported him and said, that Daniel, and I love what it says. They referred to him as that Daniel. That Daniel guy, the one you've made, the the top above us, that Daniel. He disregards you. He disregards your law, king. And he still offers his prayer to his God three times a day. Darius didn't, you know, he, he had no intentions of, of Daniel falling into this. He tried in every way to deliver him, but he, it was to no avail. The law couldn't be changed. And he calls Daniel down and he says, Daniel, there's nothing I can do. You've been faithful. Oh, hallelujah. You've been faithful to me. You, you, I've placed you under my command. You've been faithful in every job that I've given you. But there's one thing else, I know that you are consecrated to your God. And here was the words coming out of a, of a pagan king, the, coming out of the mouth of a pagan king. And he said to Daniel, he said, Daniel, I know that your God, the God that you serve continually, he will deliver you out, he is able to deliver you out of the mouth of these ravenous lions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He put him in that. He put him in that lion's den. They rolled the stone in front of the mouth of the lion's den. Hungry lions in there hadn't been fed all day. This is their meal. The prophet of God put the king's seal on it so the stone couldn't be removed. But I'm going to tell you something. Something happened because God is faithful. We sang about it this morning. God is faithful to His people. God is faithful to His church. God. God is faithful to those who'll stand for him and stand by him. Can I get an amen? God sent an angel that night Oh, Darius couldn't sleep all night long. He got up early the next morning. He spent the night fasting. He didn't want any music. He, he was worried about, concerned about Daniel. He got up the next morning. He rushes down to the lion's den. He brings the other two presidents that had concocted this scheme with him. He comes down to the lion's den, has the stone rolled away, and he cries out and says, Hey, Daniel! hey Mr. Daniel you faithful servant of almighty God was your God whom you continually serve able to deliver you from these lions and all of a sudden he heard a voice the voice of Daniel coming out of that pit that said oh live forever oh king I'm doing just fine God has sent an angel and gave the lions lock jaw and they couldn't touch me they couldn't hurt me me. oh come on somebody God says consecrate yourself be faithful to God God's gonna see us through God's gonna bring us through God's gonna bring us out there ain't a lion that the devil has that can devour a child of almighty God that is consecrated to the Lord well praise God praise God he rewards consecration. Woo! God said I'm I'm searching for a man. I'm searching for a Christian man. I'm searching for a courageous man. And I'm searching for a consecrated man will you men of Abundant Life Family Church will you rise up and stand up today and say yes Lord I will be that man or woman I'll be what you've called me to be bow your heads hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. I really believe with all of my heart that that's what it's going to take to make it through to survive these last days. You know, everything that has happened since the first of the year, what we've seen happen has happened rapidly, it's happened quickly. Things have deteriorated quickly. It's come out of nowhere, seemingly. And we must, if we're going to survive, I I don't know what the future holds. None of us do, and it's a good thing that we don't know. But I do know this... that in this nation we have not seen the worst yet. Now it may come after the saints of the church is gone. We know that. I'm praying for America. I'm praying for recovery. I'm praying for revival. I'm praying for repentance. And our Supreme Court's not helping me. God's looking for some men, some women that will be Christians, that will stand in the gap, that will pray. Ladies and gentlemen, the hedge is down around America. The enemies are coming in. The wall has been breached and the enemies are coming in and it's up to the church to pray, to pray, to pray. Oh, men of God here at Abundant Life, stand up and be counted and say, I will be that restorer, repairer of that breach. I'll be the man God has called me to be. Hallelujah. Touch our hearts, Lord. Touch our hearts. Touch our hearts. I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. I wanted to take just a few moments. I, I preached longer than what I'd intended, but that's normal. <clears throat> I'm going to ask you guys, men, to come and let's line up across this front. Okay, we're not. You don't have to be six foot apart. Just come and line up up here, if you. And I want if you have wives that are here. Wives that are here, come and stand behind your husband this morning. Come and stand behind your husband. Look at this good group of men. My, praise God.